This is Olga Salinas, and welcome to Ponytails, conversations and coffee with amazing people, both within the College of Health Sciences and external to our organization here at Boise State University. They are wise, they're bright, they're funny, just overall cool. I'm so glad you're here. Hello, my name is Olga Salinas. I'm an academic advisor here at the College of Health Sciences at Boise State. And I have as my guest today a just fascinating human being, Brian Forbich, who is you're going to be taking on the role of the director now, really, of the on-campus program for respiratory Correct. Therapy. Correct, of the on-campus program. So it, within our department of respiratory care at Boise State, we actually have three programs. We're excited to be able to say that. We have our on-campus bachelor's degree program, and that is the one uh, Lonnie Ashworth has been acting as our interim program director, and I will just take that over this week, basically. Uh, and then we have our, uh, what we call our degree advancement program, which is for uh, students out there who have an associate degree who are interested in a bachelor's degree of respiratory care. Uh, that is our, as far as student numbers go, that's our largest uh, program. And we have students from all across the, the country. Um, that one is fully online. And then we're happy to say that we just started a, our master's program as well. So Dr. Megan Coster is over our master's of respiratory care. I believe we just started our third cohort and we're just wow. graduating our first cohort of master's degree students, which we're super excited about. That's uh, very so, exciting. Um, growth is happening and we're, we're happy that that's the case. The respiratory care therapy program, I think now I, I remember yesterday we were talking about how the online program was like 11 years in existence already, which blows my mind. Yeah. And then the on-campus live program about, can you, I, that's one question I hadn't asked you before, but I'm just wondering about how long do you know? A long uh, time. A long time, because yeah. I've seen pictures of Jeff mm -hmm. and Jody, so forth, like when this yeah. program started, I think. Yeah, Jeff and Jody and Lonnie and Conrad, we have a, a really rich history of, yes. of respiratory therapy and respiratory care at Boise State. Um, I am actually a, a consider myself a late arrival to a great department that really has been a long established and really well respected department within uh, the field. I honestly am not even sure exactly how long. Um, yeah. 30 years at, plus. At yeah. least, right. At least. And you yourself have now finished a graduate program as well. We're about to finish your graduate program. And that really speaks to the whole lifelong learning concept of a respiratory care therapist. I think it's not a, you don't just stop. No, that's one of the things about the field that I really have enjoyed. So uh, for me, how I got interested and in, in into respiratory care, it's actually a bit of a family business. My mom is a respiratory therapist, and uh, that's how I got interested. Now, initially, though, way back when I was young and felt like I needed an income, I had done some traveling and was just kind of out of money, if I'm being honest. <laughs> and I thought, well... You know, I'll go into this and I had an opportunity to attend an advanced uh, uh, or an accelerated program, I guess is a better word, where because I had a lot of the science prerequisites finished, mm -hmm. I was able to fast track to graduation. And this is at Weber State down in, uh, oh, yeah. in Utah. Mm -hmm. And at the time I thought, okay, I will go through this accelerated program and get an income and then figure out what I want to do 
with my life and then, you know, then figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Right. Um, and to give you some context, that was uh, 2001, I believe. And so I got into the field thinking it would be a short term thing, but I never left because something was always interesting. There was always a chance to grow, maybe a new role to take on, a new area to work, uh, a new challenge to tackle. And so it really has just kept me here. And so all these years later, here I am. So let me ask a little bit about that as well, because that really kind of speaks to the scope of practice of, as a respiratory care therapist. Can you touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. Most of us still work in acute care. And so this is a really common question, you know, when we're out in the community or kind of at the cocktail party type situation and, and people want to know, well, what is a respiratory therapist? What do you do as a respiratory therapist? Or um, So, we are experts in all things heart, lung, and kidneys. We're very um, specialized within the spectrum of healthcare um, practitioners, providers. And so it, when I started, I, the first job that I had was in a smaller community hospital where we really did a little bit of everything. I would take care of patients on the floor, uh, which is to say, you know, giving breathing treatments, doing assessments, doing something we call hyperinflation therapy in kind of a med surge type environment. Um, okay. But at that facility, we also covered the emergency room. And so we would respond to codes, uh, give breathing treatments, set up uh, ventilators and breathing machines. We covered all of the ER. I also covered the adult ICU at that facility. So mm -hmm. it really gave me a chance to become well-rounded. And I learned a lot because in that type of a facility where it's a little bit smaller, you, you have to do a lot of things independently. Um, and I feel like that's true of respiratory care in general. You do have to be independent and know your stuff and jump into different situations and, and be able to perform. From there, I uh, took an interest in pediatrics. So I took a, a per diem job just as a part-time um, to help cover the weekends. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was at Shriners Hospital in Salt Lake City. Oh, yeah. And discovered that I really enjoyed working with the pediatric population. And so I took what I had learned at that first community hospital and moved over to Shriners and really dove into pediatrics. So and can I stop? Just quick question right there. Yeah, absolutely. So that means that respiratory therapists can move from ER to ICU to med surge to, you know, the codes to now focusing on children. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So uh, in that transition, the first job at Shriners was, uh, pediatric, but not necessarily neonatal. Okay. Is another specialty. Go on. <laughs> another specialty. Yeah. So even within the realm of pediatrics, there are specialties within that world as well. And so when I took that initial job, it was pediatrics, but not necessarily babies. A lot of people are interested in uh, neonatal care in the NICU. Mm -hmm. uh, I did after that job transition to primary children's where I worked in the NICU as well as the pediatric ICU. Uh, after I'd been there a few years, another thing that you can do is I took a, a position on the, the uh, transport team, air medical oh, transport yeah. team. And so I, I loved that job and I loved those years. I got to fly around in airplanes and helicopters, taking care of patients and transferring them um, between facilities. We have wow. an excellent uh, neonatal uh, 
internal, actually. It's a unique team here in Boise called the Match Team, who recently just won a, a great award as the best neonatal transport team uh, in the country. And several of, several of our alumni are on that team as well. So that's another thing you can do is, uh, if you're interested in that, you could uh, take an air medical transport job. Fascinating. You know, that's a level of independence and expertise. So you're really the cream of the crop working on something like that. Yeah. And we've got you at Boise State. That's pretty amazing. Right. So actually, <laughs> when I left Primary Children's, this was in 2011, and we moved to Boise uh, and had a small family that I was starting at the time. And so the relocation made sense for the family. Right. And uh, when I first moved to Boise, it was to work at St. Luke's for the Children's Hospital. Uh, which I still do work there uh, per diem. So I mm -hmm. still uh, love to be in the hospital. I still love patient care and I try and do at least a few days a month. Uh, I can't do too much because of my role at Boise State, but I try and get in and, and work clinically here and there. So after working at St. Luke's for a few years, I was asked to take on a, an adjunct position and teach just the neonatal and pediatric lab mm -hmm. uh, because that is my specialty still. And so I took on one course at Boise State and I taught that for, I believe, three years before there was a full-time teaching position open. Uh, and it seemed like a good fit. And I was excited to expand my, my teaching role a little bit. And so I went ahead and took that. Uh, and, We're glad you did. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. And I've been uh, teaching full-time. This will be my third year. Wow. Quite the journey. And I love your story because we have so many different roles that you served. Yeah. And like and, I mentioned, that really, uh, it really has just kept me hooked. There, right. I can't remember ever really being bored. There was always, like I mentioned, another role, another opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, I've kind of followed those opportunities as they've presented themselves. Um, and that's an interesting thing about it is uh, I never would have imagined that I would be teaching. Uh, but it right. just organically kind of evolved that way. And that's one of the things I love about respiratory is even though it is a very specialized profession, where like I mentioned, we're very much hearts, lungs, kidneys, cardiopulmonary system. Uh, for me anyway, there's been a lot of room to experience new things within that specialty. Well, I think, uh, you know, we have similarities, your life and mine. You know, my mother was a respiratory therapist as well. My daughter, as you know, is a respiratory therapist as well. And when I listen to the stories, the again, the amount of responsibility, patient care advocacy, certainly in the situation we're in right now, COVID, um, the frontline role of the respiratory care therapist in the situation, critical care, right? It is, it's the RT who's in that COVID room. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's the tremendous. RT who's keeping this person breathing, their yeah. heart functioning. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, um, in some cases um, speaking to that. It's the RT who was sent in while the and not to doctors and nurses. Thank you, all of them. But it's the RT who has that expertise that's right there when the situation hits. Yeah, you know the modern healthcare is such a team sport. Yeah. It truly is, and so it takes all of you. It does, and and with a patient as complex as a critically ill COVID nineteen patient. Mm -hmm. Um, it really does take teams and teams of people. And so 
that's another thing that I really like about the field and, and healthcare, I would say it by extension is the interaction that you get with not only patients and their patients' families, but also your colleagues, right? The physicians we work with, the nurses that we work with, mm -hmm. uh, you know, some of my absolute favorite people that I've worked with over the years are uh, nurses, patient care techs, mm -hmm. CNAs, physicians. I mean, it really does just takes uh, a wide variety of skills and specialties. Right. So, um, you know, by no means are we doing it single-handedly, but we do have the expertise in the, the critical care ventilators. Uh, we're fortunate to have uh, Lonnie Ashworth, who is a, a, I don't know that anybody knows more about mechanical ventilation than he does. Right. Uh, patient assessment is a big piece. We have a lot of therapists who go into even more specialized areas like ECMO, which mm -hmm. is uh, essentially a heart-lung bypass machine that uh, it's probably represents one of the highest levels of critical care that there really is out there. And so there are therapists who have found their way onto those teams and they're running um, ECMO pumps and ECMO circuits or, or at least, um, you know, on those teams. So it really does take a lot of different specialties and brains and effort, but being part of that team is really rewarding. I concur watching it. I, I skipped a generation and for, for me, unfortunately, <laughs> wasn't the role that I took, but see, I spend my life helping people become respiratory care therapists. And that's awesome. I love my work. Could yeah. you share with us maybe, um, certainly without, of course, we wouldn't be violating any kind of privacy here, but something that happened for you that you said, this has really impacted me. This has changed either my perspective or my, my practice, how I do what I do. You know, one of the things that pops to mind is just that interaction. And so in general, one of the great things for me about the field has been being able to spend time with people in really critical life moments. And that can be for good or for bad. One of the surprising things when I moved to Boise, the neonatal ICU really had more need. And so when I started, I transitioned from a PICU role in the, in the pediatric intensive care, which is more of what I did at Primary Children's, really to specialize in the, the NICU. And uh, we attend high-risk deliveries. And so I was going on a lot of C-sections, going on a lot of deliveries. One of the great things about neonatal patients is they grow up and they get better and they leave the hospital. And I had a, a moment one day at work and I thought, you know, this is really fantastic because I spent a lot of years in a, a large uh, academic, you know, we were the trauma center. We saw a lot of really sick uh, patients. I transported a lot of really sick patients and, you know, those were some kind of sacred moments, but it was a, a, a bad thing. You know, I would show up on a, on a bad moment in this family's life or this child's life. And it really shifted to uh, happy moments. So I joke now that I hang out with college kids and I go to birthday parties mm -hmm. um, because I get to attend those deliveries. And there's really only one reason that people kind of want to go to the hospital or it's an exciting moment. And oftentimes it is, it, it is when they're starting a family and, and, mm -hmm. Um, you know, welcoming a new addition to their family. And I really love having kind of gotten to experience 
that full spectrum, right? From those sort of bad events and to help with those patients, see them get better, see them recover, but also be on this side where I get to um, share in family's joy too. Right. And I think that there's an incredible level of compassion that you have and maintain uh, as I watch our students in their roles and as they grow and I hear their stories of the things that they are facing, especially right now. Yes, the joyous moments and how that, that also that dignified exit as well, how they provide that they are that support for that family, even in those times as well. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that the public doesn't necessarily realize is that oftentimes when there is a decision to uh, remove a breathing tube from a patient, uh, it is off very often the respiratory therapist, right, who will remove that sort of last piece of, of life support. And so I have had the honor and privilege to be involved with a lot of those moments as well. It can be very difficult, yeah. of course, um, but also it is an opportunity to, uh, as you mentioned, sort of lend some dignity, some grace uh, to those moments. Yeah. Right, right. Tell me a little bit too, if you wouldn't mind, Ryan, about a little bit of self-care. Um, we have students who will be coming into, who are going to be hearing this um, or yeah. watching this. And as they move into this, how might they prepare to, for all of these kinds of moments? What kind of self-care would you suggest? Uh, I think it's never been more critical. Uh, yeah, so COVID-19 certainly hasn't helped. You know, there, there was a, a precedent. We were experiencing, in some cases, a, a pandemic of burnout, you might say, right. in not just respiratory, but healthcare in general, honestly, before COVID-19 was a, was a thing, was a mm -hmm. pandemic. And of course, now it's only made that even worse. And so I think that self-care is super important. You do need to be able to find time to uh, disconnect from the emotions of the hospital, from the stress of the hospital. Uh, and as you start your academic career, it's really important that you take some time to disconnect from the stress of your assignments, the stress of the program. Uh, it's not easy, right? The, the students who choose to major in respiratory care, uh, it is a challenging program. Mm -hmm. And so I think self-care looks different for everybody, you know, and so I can't really say exactly what each individual person should do. Um, I would just say make it a priority. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that sharing that information. I think we get caught up in the world. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. And our students go and go and go and go and go. And this is, your role is so important and so critical. You need to be rested. You need to be alert. You need to be able to advocate. You need to be all those things, but you can't mm -hmm. if you don't take care of yourself as well. Absolutely. Yeah. If you, yeah. if you are not at your best, you can't help people at your best. Exactly. Well, I certainly appreciate that. I'm sorry if you can hear that noise in the background. I've got a gigantic lab. I mean, he's huge. And he's feeling right now the moment that he's thinking he needs attention, which he won't get. So um, I am just, I'm wondering if you, we circle back to the beginning and we think about you when you had first started. And if somebody could, if you could go back and say to yourself, 
this is important, Ryan. This is what you need to be thinking about right now or what you need to focus on. What perhaps would you say now? Yeah, I feel like if you're a student, and this goes for all college students, not just uh, students within our program, uh, reach out to your professors, reach out to your advisors like Olga. Uh, we don't stay where we are for the money, I can assure you that. We do it because we really love to help students. We love to see you progress. Uh, I think there is a, a bit of a historical uh, separation or it, it can be intimidating often as a new college student to reach out to professors. Mm -hmm. um, we seem busy and we are. We seem, um, you know, sometimes up on this pedestal, but reach out to your professors. We really want to help. Um, and the other thing I'll add to that is just don't give up. Um, it won't be easy at times. Um, persistence is better than, than talent or aptitude or brains any day. Excellent so reach point. out, reach out to your professors. They want to help you and uh, just stick with it. Don't give up. I will say that definitely about respiratory care. I've certainly noticed the students are there. If they're there in the evenings, the faculty's there in the evenings. If the students are there on the weekend, the faculty's there on the weekend. Very engaged faculty in this program, and I absolutely love that about you guys so much. I think it's um, our biggest strength. I really do. Of, of all of the things I love about our department, uh, our faculty is a number one. I, I don't think there's a better faculty anywhere in the country. Exceptional. No, and I think it's noticed a world. Our students have gone everywhere as graduates. We've got students, what, at University of Virginia. We've got students at Boston Mass. We have students right here in our hometown. We yeah. have students at Cleveland Clinic. We have all over the world or all over the United States. Students are recognized. Boise State graduates in this program are definitely recognized as incredibly high caliber. Oh, my gosh. Boomer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Um, <laughs> We love that. So we love to see our students go out into these different areas and um, specialties and facilities. Uh, we are getting more and more uh, recruitment. So I get contacted quite frequently. Yeah. Uh, and I think two things drive that, you know, our program. And again, I think it comes back to our faculty does a good job of preparing graduates to enter the workforce. But really, I feel like the our field has never been more relevant. There's a ton yeah. of, of uh, demand right now for respiratory practitioners, yes, right? Respiratory care. And so I think it's an exciting time uh, to, to be just entering the field. Um, the, you know, our job placement is, if you want a job, there's a job for you when you're done with our program. No kidding. Um, and you hit the ground running. Yeah. Really, truly, you tr definitely do. You've been amazing. It's been a wonderful conversation, but now I got to ask you the sidebar question. Sure. Okay, the sidebar question as we get to know you as the, an individual is, is there any book or read that you're like really fascinated with, really enjoy still, maybe go back and reread? Yeah, actually, the one uh, that comes to mind that I'd like to recommend is uh, one I read a few years ago, and it's a book called When Breath Becomes Air. Uh, it's by a, uh, it's a memoir, essentially, um, by a man named Paul um, Kalanithi, I believe. I'm not sure the pronunciation on that last name, but he was a neurosurgeon who was diagnosed with lung cancer. And wow. it, the memoir talks about uh, 
being a neurosurgeon, right? Being a, uh, in healthcare, being a, a physician, but also experiencing being a patient and um, basically tells his story of, of navigating that. And that's something I did not have a lot of experience with as a younger person, but um, more recently I've, I've had that experience of being, you know, having a, a family member or being a patient yourself within a system that you have worked in for so many years. And it's an interesting dynamic to be kind of on both sides of that fence. Right. Um, and it's beautifully written. He's, he's very eloquent. And I think it's a really fantastic read. One breath becomes air. Thank you so much, Ryan. You're amazing. We are so Thank glad you. that you're here at Boise State. Respiratory care, certainly dear to my heart, of course. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and we appreciate well, everything you do for us. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey, I'm looking forward to a great fall. Me too. Yep. New it's challenges, exciting... but great fall. Exactly. New challenges, but exciting times. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Ryan. I'm going to just stop record. Thank you so much, everybody. Ryan Forbish. <laughs>